folks, Gavin Roth here with episode 31 of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing. The term of 2020 is clearly COVID, but a close second may be pivot. As a pandemic has affected everything, people and brands have had to try new approaches to previous conventions. Narrowing this to my professional world, I've been intrigued to follow how sponsorship properties and their partners have pivoted from traditional live events to virtual events and community engagement initiatives. And to explore this, I'm thrilled to be joined by Daniel Donkers, Associate Director of Sponsorship at SickKids Foundation. SickKids Foundation is one of the true gold standards in the cause space. They stage several signature annual fundraising events. And as you'll hear, they've had to flip all of those plans on their head to address this new reality. And Renee Hoffner, who is Director of Community Investment at Sobeys, who are a longtime partner of SickKids Foundation and a business that has played a key role in helping communities and their partners during the pandemic. We discuss their respective career paths, their roles, and the mandates of their respective organizations that impact the lives of families in very different and very important ways. We then do a deep dive into Sobeys' sponsorship of SickKids Get Loud which is the signature fundraising event for the Sick Kids Foundation and took on a very different format this year. And we wrap with some terrific professional development advice. Lots of insights and a fun chat. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or check out RothRevenue.com. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. So we'll discuss Sobe's involvement in the Sick Kids Get Loud event shortly. But first, I'd love to discuss your respective journeys as you both work for remarkable organizations and you have roles that my listeners would aspire to. So Danielle, let's start with you. Uh, Sick Kids Hospital is an iconic Canadian institution. We all know that uh, <laughs> positively impacts the lives of countless families. You must be so proud to work for the foundation. Maybe just talk about how you began working there um, and what your current role entails. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Gavin. That's a really nice introduction. Um, yeah, so I've been with the foundation for just over four years. And prior to that, I was at WE, also known as Free the Children, on their corporate partnerships team for just over three years. Um, when I joined the Sick Kids team, I joined two days after uh, the Versus rebrand was launched. So as so I was hearing- it wasn't you. It wasn't no, you. Because <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot of people take credit for it. So that officially wasn't you. Okay, got it. I can't, unfortunately. I'm two days late from being able to take credit. Um, but yeah, so as I was gearing up to join, the, the first Versus commercial was launched. And so hmm. I kind of feel like I got into a very fast moving, car um, and uh, have been along for the ride ever since. Uh, when I joined the foundation, I joined as an associate on the sponsorship team and then moved into the manager role and just stepped into the associate director role. So it's been a very busy four years. Um, on the sponsorship team, I'm responsible for uh, developing and designing new sponsorship opportunities across our suite of events, as well as working with our hospital partners on 
what sponsorship could look like within the hospital, so at our hospital conferences and different staff celebrations. Um, and then we're always innovating and developing um, new events, so, so really working to, to see what's next when a, when a sponsorship opportunity is uh, designed and, and you know, sold through. I support taking on the relationship management of it uh, and ensuring all of the, the sponsorable benefits are, are activated and, and the reporting uh, gets completed as well. Cool. And we'll talk about some of that. Certainly, you've got one of your great partners here that you work closely with. Um, mm -hmm. So, Renee, ton to discuss about Sobeys. Um, you know, opinion mm -hmm. of one, opinion of many. Uh, a brand that has elevated over the past couple of years through a combination of savvy brand marketing, dialed in community investment, and most recently a thoughtful response to the pandemic. Talk about your journey to your current role and your mandate as director of community investment at Sobeys, because I've always, for one, found that those titles interesting of what really is involved in community investment, right? Yeah, I, you know, my my journey is um, a bit of a unique one and uh, um, common actually in the field of community investment. You, you you meet people who have taken uh, long windy paths to find uh, to find themselves in this role. Um, I actually um, uh, started out in art school and was doing community development work through the visual arts oh. in Alberta and. Um, fell in love with the nonprofit sector uh, and uh, did a series of roles in um, just outside of Edmonton and um, in Calgary around uh, um, the arts, the visual arts and how to storytell um, and share uh, real life lived stories um, through expression, through the arts. And through that, just dove into the nonprofit sector, like did everything from, you know, fund development, program development. Uh, and after about seven or eight years, thought it would be really great to take that learning and sit on the other side of the table uh, and enter the community investment world. Um, I started out with Canada Safeway uh, and uh, managing their Safeway Foundation. And then that role expanded to um, all of their community investment, which was um, how we engaged our store teams in the community, as well as strategic partnerships, and then moved into our full corporate social responsibility portfolio. And then Sobeys acquired Canada Safeway in 2013. Oh. And um, uh, Danielle mentioned, you know, her journey starting and like <laughs> jumping into that fast moving train as it was rolling with Versus. And uh, I really felt the same way. It was you know, now suddenly we went from, you know, a Western Canadian company, uh, joined a, a national company that had tremendous growth um, and, uh, and just a fantastic learning experience, communications, and then still continuing with community investment. Um, and uh, now more recently, uh, focusing just on community investment and, uh, and a really um, thoughtful, strategic decision by the company that um, how we engage the communities where we serve, how we engage and empower our people to be able to be active contributing members of, of those communities um, needed a team and attention and resources behind it. And uh, that's been our work over the last year and a half, especially is renewing our community investment as part of our, you know, whole um, corporate sort of refresh through our, our strategic, our three-year strategy, which was uh, Project Sunrise. Yeah. 
And now we're entering into our new three-year strategy, which is Project Horizon. Uh, Those and, are great names. Yeah, wow. and yeah. and you know, really reflective of yeah. uh, you know the journey, the journey of the company, and uh, that you know that fast-moving car just keeps rolling. Yeah, keep yeah, it's <laughs> a good theme. Yeah, we've yeah. got a theme yeah. already. Yeah, and, <laughs> we and, do. That's and, right. And twenty twenty has just you know kind of obviously everything's been said about the year, but but. Uh, community investment, uh, those in community investment roles, their world has become that much more important and amplified. And, you know, the, the spotlight in each of those companies on that position, on the people in those positions, because the challenges are that much greater in those communities. You've really stepped up to address food related challenges that certainly were prevalent pre pandemic, be it hunger or food waste, but have been amplified by the supply chain disruption. So maybe just speak to the role Sobeys is playing in that regard. Yeah, you know, we have a, a, a long history, um, you know, uh, dating back to the Sobe family in, you know, uh, stellar to Nova Scotia, uh, mm -hmm. when there's a, an emergency or a challenge that their neighbors are facing that we step up and it's, it's truly just part of the culture. Um, certainly nothing that needs to be actively coordinated. Um, but, but I would say that from a, you know, with the, with the pandemic, with this year, this incredibly challenging year, um, it, in community investment, you're having to sort of straddle two different tracks at the same time. You're responding to emergency needs. Um, and then at the same time, you're establishing um, strategic partnerships that are really looking at systemic challenges and asking the really hard questions around why is this happening in our community? And then taking a look at tackling the why. So that's, that's I'd say from a, a, a discipline, that's probably the biggest challenge I'd say mm. that um, people in community investment are facing right now. You're, you're responding to emergency needs, those emergency needs are amplified because um, they were there before the pandemic. Uh, and then you're trying to partner and and you know, be able to truly just help with resourcing and knowledge or capacity to be able to help really, really tackle the why behind it. And that's yeah. the heavy lifting. And then we talked about how uh, point of pride for your employees, because all of a sudden these great young, you know, not all of them, yeah. some of them are, are older, but you know, these, these, some of them part-time and they just used to come in and being cashiers and or working restocking, they become essential workers all of a sudden this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. man, they must be walking with their shoulders up a little bit, their chest down a little bit, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, the, um, you'll hear our, our CEO, Michael Medline, he, you know, speaks all the time about just this huge sense of pride, obviously, um, across the company. I, you know, I'd say for for those of us who are uh, a part of the 127,000 teammates across the country, um, yeah, it's a it's a big, it's a big number. Yeah, wow, it's a big number. Yeah, 900 communities. Um, you know, it's it's our store teams that are really they're they're the engine and the heart behind the business. Yeah, they are yeah. the ones who are opening up the doors, serving our customers, um, also responding to those uh, those emergency needs as well. And our leadership team in those very early days of the pandemic um, identified what are our priorities and what do we need to do? You know, we need to 
keep our customers and our teammates safe. We need to ensure that we can serve the grocery needs of the community in a difficult time. But also another priority was we need to help our communities um, and we need to do it fast. And within uh, 10 or 11 days, we launched the Community Action Fund. Um, and rather than identify sort of one or two key organizations that we could um, make large investments to, uh, we took a very different approach and we empowered all of our store teams. We armed them with funds and said, you know your communities best. You know what they need right now. Right now, um, remove the red tape and then just, just get the resources there. Um, and when you look at some research around disaster response, um, you know, that's how, that's how you can make the quickest impact is by getting to those teams that are on the ground immediately and, and on the front lines. Um, and then in addition to that, obviously, you know, support of our, our food banks. And, I, you know, I think um, there was very little sleep on our team for sure for about two or three weeks and, you know, trying to get food across the country and uh, responding, responding to requests. So between, you know, our store teams responding to those local needs, our company, you know, coordinating and mobilizing as much as we can. Um, that, that was a, a really proud moment. But I think also, too, that the company identified it not just as we're going to do X, Y, and Z, but we know this is a longer-term challenge. Yep. And we have to make sure whatever we're setting up, we can continue. Sustainable. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. good stuff. Um, no, that's amazing stuff. And, and kudos to you and your team. And, and I, I like what you said about it starts with great leadership. Right. And, Absolutely. Um, so, so well done on every level. Uh, Danielle, I'd love for you to expand on Sick Kids Foundation mandate. Uh, you know, what, what the mission is, is some of the different fundraising initiatives. And then we'll talk about the Get Loud, Sick Kids Get Loud program, but maybe just, you know, higher level, like what. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're the largest funder of child health research, learning, and care in Canada. And really what that means is we're, we're hoping to make every kid a healthy kid. We're currently in the midst of our Sick Kids Versus Limits campaign, uh, which was launched a year after I joined the foundation. Uh, and it's a $1.5 billion fundraising initiative uh, that focuses around three pillars. So the first pillar is to uh, reimagine our campus. So rebuild sick kids, uh, really take us into a new era. The hospital, some of the, um, you know, different sections of it are original, built in the 1950s, and the last update I, uh, that the buildings had was in the early 90s. So much of the building, you know, was built before Wi-Fi, and there's just, we're, we're doing incredible medicine in a building that just isn't able to keep up with, with all of the um, initiatives that are within its walls. Um, so that's really building a new sick kids is is the first pillar and and we're really excited. We've broken ground on the new patient support center, uh, which will be ready in 2023, and then um, the rest of the build will follow over. Where, over the where is that? Is that on the same footprint? Just yes. hidden yes. away somewhere. So my my like there's so much space available, the, right? The yeah. Manager <laughs> yeah. of the build because it is certainly a huge undertaking. Um, how it's working is we're uh, demolishing certain buildings and then rebuilding. Um, so it all happens very slowly uh, and piece by piece. 
uh, we just saw the new renderings of, of what the building will look like when it's complete. And we're all very, very excited for, you know, when we get to see it in the next 10 years. Um, but yeah, the, the second piece of um, that the campaign supporting is uh, research and research has always been a huge part of SickKids uh, and, and what the focus really is on in this campaign is to make sure that we can not only continue uh, the research we're doing, but also rapidly um, able to, to rapidly use those results to, um, you know, translate them into cures and treatments. And then finally, um, the last pillar is to really strengthen our partnerships across Ontario and beyond to make sure that, you know, even if you're not within the four walls of SickKids, you could still have access to SickKids care. This has become extremely important, especially um, during COVID times when, uh, you know, we, wa we wanted to have as many patients out and in their homes, um, not at the hospital as possible. So how can we make sure that they're, um, you know, able to have their follow-up appointments um, actually home in their own communities. So that's a big piece of, of this campaign as well. Um, we're about, we're just over 75% um, to our goal. Um, and we are so close to reaching our millionth donor to the campaign. Wow. Um, I think that's a little nudge there, Renee. To, to oh, we're already yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, okay. No, there, no, there in big strides. <laughs> no, no, no. I, well, yes, I, I fully trust Sobeys is there. I think she's, she's like, yeah. Gavin, come on. You know. Oh, yeah, Gavin. Yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, at, yeah. we're at 900. No, and, yeah, and I'm proud to say, I am proud to say we, we do our little piece, but we have a couple of causes, and you'll, um, you'll be able to check that the Sick Kids uh, is definitely one of our because, you know, listen, I have two daughters, 20 and 22, but I remember when they were young, we had a couple of visits to sick kids. We did. Mm -hmm. So we, it's like many families we've, we've been touched. Yeah. So very yeah. cool. I carry on. Yeah. They're sorry. Hard pressed to find a family that hasn't right. they benefited right. from yeah. Yeah. Kids and in Ontario in, or in Canada. I was going to yeah. say you're in Calgary and, and, and yeah. it's it, you know, people across the country, certainly. Um, mm -hmm. So carry on. Sorry, Danielle. Yeah, no, um, we're just, we're really excited about reaching the millionth donor. I think it shows the the breadth of, you know, the community sport, support that we have. Uh, and we're really excited to celebrate that milestone when we get there. And you know, I've, I've got some friends, um, you know, in, in your organization and have learned over the last couple of years a little bit more about, I didn't know the sheer depth of the fundraising events that you do. You have like many, many signature events every year. Um, you know, how many, like, is there a, is there a calendar of events in a normal year that you plan to raise to quote unquote normal year? And then we'll talk about one of them in particular. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So internally, like we have our signature events team and they focus on five key in-person events, but then we also have a few digital offerings like the Great Cycle Challenge and Extra Life, which is a gaming tournament and all of our different hospital initiatives. But also beside the events that we run ourselves, we have our community events team um, and they work with individuals in the community who are so passionate about sick kids that they want to put on their own galas and, um, you know, different fundraisers in the community. And it's absolutely incredible to see what community members are able to pull off. And I think that speaks to it um, that people, you know, see us out in the community so much, but it's not 
always us that's putting on the event. It's our incredible supporters. Um, so yeah, we have we have five key ones that that we put on each year. Um, and this past year, when when COVID hit, we had to unfortunately cancel three of them. March and April is probably our internal very heavy period for events. Mm. Um, and so it was you know right at the start of the pandemic. So um, those ones uh, were were canceled fairly early, we were still able to, you know, retain some of the, the sponsorship and convert it to donations. Um, so that was, that was incredible to have the support of our partners to do that. Um, and then when we were kind of looking ahead in that spring timeframe, we were able to, you know, say, okay, what do we have coming up on the calendar? Um, Get Loud was fast approaching and, you know, that March timeline is typically when we're doing kickoff calls with our sponsors to find out what their priorities are for the year and, you know, how do they want to activate and what's new on their team and we were having very different conversations at that time to just say, okay, we need a minute to regroup and find out what's actually gonna happen um, at the end of September with this event. Well, that's kind of, yeah, what I, I'm curious about is do you step back internally and say, okay, what, what do we think it's gonna look like? Nail that a plan, uh, some mm -hmm. sort of plan that's probably got some fluidity to it um, and then go to partners and say, you know, we've got a vision, we've got a plan, right? Uh, we, we're, we're, we're hoping you still want to come along for the ride with us, but that internal kind of nail that down process. Yeah, first. yeah, exactly. Um, so when we realized, you know, a mass gathering at the end of September is not in anyone's reality. Um, but it's we... funny eh? that, that <laughs> sorry, that, that in March, many people were still, oh, by, by, Oh, yeah. you know, end of summer will be good, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the March-April timeframe, we were basically doing contingency plans. We had three kind of like, here's three scenarios that we think could happen. And then by the end of April, early May was when we really started full steam ahead, um, looking at how we transition this event. So we looked at our core team, um, you know, so our logistics team, our peer-to-peer -peer fundraising team, our marketing team and sponsorship, we all kind of broke out into smaller working groups and said, okay, you know, what makes Get Loud, Get Loud? What do our participants care about? What do our sponsors care about? Um, what if, if we were going to turn this into a digital event, like what has to be there to make it feel like Get Loud? Um, and what do we kind of have to give up this year? And, and what can we look to add? So it was really a full team effort to, to start to transition this event. Um, and at the time, too, we paused all sponsorship sales just because we knew, one, it was not an appropriate time to be going out with asks just with the state of the world, but also we didn't quite know what we were selling at this point. And we had confirmed sponsors like Sobeys that we wanted to make sure we could still deliver um, the value that we had promised them in an in-person event. Uh, and so we really, really had to, had to nail down all those details before we even thought about selling new sponsorship. No, that's, that's a great overview um, into the kind of the inner working. So let's discuss the partnership between Sobeys and Sick Kids Foundation. Renee, maybe start with why in general is it, was it, is it so important for Sobeys to partner with Sick Kids Foundation? Forget the event, get loud, mm. uh, but in general, you know, what, what's it, you know, what, what does it do for Sobeys? 
our uh, our internal purpose at Sobeys is uh, family nurturing families, um, and mm. I, I think we touched on it uh, earlier that um, you know. You, especially in the province of Ontario, in, in several provinces across the country, you'd be hard pressed uh, not to meet um, or uh, know of, uh, or yourself have a personal experience um, of benefiting from the, you know, the amazing, hardworking, passionate, talented team members at, at SickKids. Um, our, our CEO is also on the board of directors at, at SickKids Foundation too. Um, but basically, this was an easy sell, Danielle. Like you, you know, yeah. if, if you fumble this one, you know, come on. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say that we have, um, and we can touch on it after we talk about Get Loud too. But we have long-standing relationships with children's hospitals, um, children's hospital foundations in particular across the country, um, and you know, for for us, the partnership with with Sick Kids just it it um, it aligns you know with our our purpose our our company purpose and for those listening when you're you know developing community investment strategies you know aligning it to your core purpose uh is 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 really important um and and also you know we we're in a really unique position as a business in that we have um families um of all varieties coming through the doors of our stores every single day uh, and that includes, um, you know, uh, people who are caregivers, uh, people who have children, um, people who aspire to have children, and kids themselves. So cool. for us, uh, you know, a partnership with, with Sick Kids was uh, a very organic, uh, natural well uh, connection and alignment for us. Um, and then also, too, you know, uh, we, could, we can go on and on about, you know, just um, the the talent also in the Sick Kids Foundation, that they are master storytellers. Mm -hmm. uh, they know how to be able to, in a very short amount of time, um, tell the why, the sense of urgency, and then inspire people to act. And that's really hard to do. Um, so for, you know, for us, there's uh, all sorts of reasons, but, you know, we look at um, our community investment in a couple of ways. Obviously, it's, you know, the philanthropic investments and what we can do to really make social change. And then on top of that, how can we bring that partnership to life in the communities that we serve? Because we are so present in those communities. And Get Loud is a really good example of a way to do that. For us, we had to move this year from, you know, uh, two years of big brass bands <laughs> stop with like food sampling and huge Sobeys t-shirts and oh my gosh like and you know a, a huge big group of employees and their family members walking to suddenly not being able to do any of that and that for us was also a, a really big pivot too yeah. uh, and uh, just such a tremendous partner in Sick Kids to brainstorm and walk through that and also be uh, they were they were just so sensitive and um, uh, to the realities of what our business is going through also yeah. at the time. No, that's, that's well said. And that you, you, you jumped right in. Are you reading my screen here? Because <laughs> the, next, um, the next point was just to speak about how Sobeys was integrated into the event prior to uh, 2020 and what mm. kind of alterations. So maybe Danielle, you can chime in here is, 
Mm -hmm. When we met and did our pre-talk, you you shared some of that, like what, but maybe set that up with what did Get Loud look like? What was that event for those who don't know prior to 2020? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we've been running a walk at the end of September for the past eight years. So this is our largest signature event. It's our flagship event. This is the event that The majority um, of participants are made up of patient families, patients, and all of their supporters, friends, and families. So it's a really, really special day. It's an emotional day. Um, And so we always start the morning uh, with a rally piece where everyone gathers in a park in downtown Toronto. We announce how much money was raised for fundraising uh, and really kick off the day. And then, you know, 4,000 people are unleashed on downtown and they do a five kilometer (laughs) walk through the streets and there is sponsor activations along the way. Sobeys has traditionally been our midway point. And as Renee said, they, they do it up very big. Uh, they have a brass band, they have a Sobeys arch, there's snacks. Um, it's, it's, a, it's by and far one of the, the highlights that participants say um, about the route. And then uh, when they arrive at the end of the, when they cross through the finish line, um, they end up at Fort York and uh, they enter into the park and there's, you know, a big, it's, it's like a family fun fair. There's, mm-hmm. you know, bouncy trampolines and um, rock climbing and craft tents. And last year, Sobeys was on site with this huge ice cream truck. And uh, there's also a concert element. So we've had, you know, performances from Bare Naked Ladies and Serena Ryder and Dwayne Gretzky. Um, and so it, it is, it's a really exciting day. And so when you think about all the elements to wow. that, you're kind of like, how do you bring this to life yeah. virtually? And, yes. and um, when we were also thinking about it, we also knew that, you know, even though we were only, you know, in May, we knew that there was already Zoom fatigue. Um, yes. So, you know, people we al- didn't- we almost, we almost had some of that this morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Testing, testing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so so we really we really had to think about how do you how do you translate this to the digital space? And so um, really the key things that we did was take the event from being one day to being 30 um, so that we could extend the sponsor. Um, we could extend the visibility all throughout the month. Um, it also allowed participants to choose when they wanted to participate. So they set their own kilometer goal and fundraising goal. And, you know, we weren't saying get out and get active on this one Saturday. We were saying any time throughout the month of September, get active any way that you want, whether it's walking, running, riding your bike with your family or alone, whatever you want to do. Um, And then thirdly, we removed the fundraising minimum um, and registration fee to participate because we knew that this was a really unique year and we didn't want um, any financial barriers to participate. We really wanted everyone and anyone to come together in September and, you know, show their show their love and support for sick kids. Um, So, yeah, that that was kind of the the event and how we transitioned it in a nutshell. Very good. And, and so, um, Renee, maybe just some of, so how did you fit in? I, I think there was talk of some uh, Sobeys, you know, gift cards maybe to yeah. reward people. Just talk about how 
then you fit into that 30 days. And that is the, I was saying to somebody the other day, we were talking about headphones and getting it in black. I said, it's Black Friday. You got to act now. He says, Gavin, it's going to be Black December, right? Like, yeah, like every, exactly. everything is going from one day <laughs> yeah. to, to 30 it's nowadays. True. It's the trend, right? Uh, I feel like it should finish? be Christmas now and not like it is it now, is actually yeah because we're we're trending always like three weeks earlier correct wants to and get boxing there. boxing day became boxing january right. became exactly. boxing month yeah 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 how'd you fit uh, in? yeah well for us it was um you know it was a much it was a much quieter activation mm -hmm. for us because we didn't have as much of the on-site color and activity sure. um but uh danielle touched on it earlier that you know in those early conversations as Sikits was able to bring to us, you know, here's what's important to the event. Here's what our data and our insights showed us from last year, which is super important to have. Love that. In times like this, that's actually what allows you to pivot and then to be able mm -hmm. to, to create something that's sustainable or manageable too. So by Sikits having that data and those insights to be able to say, here's what's important, we could actually then target and focus in on how to bring additional value uh, and support to the event. So that came in the form of um, uh, gift cards that were then used as prizes. I can't, honestly, I can't think of any more valuable. I mean, our grocery bills have gone, right. like everybody. It's an every Everyone's thing. home more, Everybody's right? Home Everyone's more. just home more. That is yeah. such important stuff, so. Yeah, yeah, um, and the response yeah. was really great on that. Um, mm -hmm. and also, again, coming back to that sort of uh, storytelling and alignment back uh, to our purpose and brand at uh, Sikids developed this really great content, the social content of kids, like Sikids ambassadors, literally in the kitchen making snacks and making food. And it was powered by movies. Uh, I love and that. And the food was delivered by voila. <laughs> yeah, and the food was delivered by which, voila. Which, which is, for those who don't know, is your yeah. new tell, tell voila. It's our, uh, yeah, our new e-commerce platform uh, that's uh, right now in the GTA uh, and um, in uh, Greater Toronto. And it's, it's, uh, it's amazing, amazing response. So, you know, there's just, I think, Gavin, we could probably do a whole podcast series really <laughs> grocery industry and so these yeah. in eight months or even three years um but uh yeah that you know it's your home delivery service right it's like our home delivery service yeah, yeah. absolutely and then so also good. too our you know our that is a whole area of you know growth in the business obviously that right. uh, planned um but is on uh overdrive for sure I would imagine realities yeah. of of covid right now but, um, but so this social content, it was a great opportunity to get was, that voila yeah. brand, you know, out there and attached to something contextually relevant, right? Yeah, well, we actually didn't uh, have the voila brand associated with it because as we were planning, voila was launching. So it was like everything was happening in, mm -hmm. in tandem. But, are we gonna bring? Are we gonna bring the car back into the car analogy back? That's in? right. Yeah. No. <laughs> Maybe a delivery truck. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Perfect. The delivery truck. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the uh, the the fact that uh, sick kids um, just you know could brainstorm and innovate um, opportunities for us to be engaged in a really authentic and meaningful. Yeah. That you know, when people saw it, they weren't like, well, "Why is Sobe's a part of this?" It was mm -hmm. like, 
kids nah, can that makes sense. and you can hear sort of moms <laughs> in the background and, and you know you there was like siblings an, an arm would reach it <laughs> yeah and you know like spills of flour and whoop, whoop, and like and all sorts of you know real That's real that, uh, that people yeah. that people were living uh, at the time in their kitchens in their homes love it we couldn't bring the snacks and the food to the participants mm -hmm. uh, we were able to bring the kitchen into other homes and we were able to bring children into other homes as well around engaging engaging with food that's awesome i think it's a it's you know a, again a really great testament to to the sick kids team um, that uh, they're always open to partnership yeah uh, and, and brainstorming as well. Um, and, and Danielle, we spoke um, offline about measurement and measurement so important in mm -hmm. sponsorship. It still shocks me. I've been involved in the sponsorship world for, you know, almost 25 years now, uh, most of my career. And, and uh, you know, we were talking about measurement at the beginning um, and we're still talking about it. It's like there isn't this yeah. universal mm -hmm. uh, Talk about how you guys help partners see the value. And uh, I know you work with IMI, who's a great um, uh, a brand and partner in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, even we, we report after Get Loud uh, working with IMI on, you know, recall and favorability, um, all of those kind of key indicators for, for how the partnership's going. But, but building on what Renee said, we also use it for how we're going to drive and build the partnership in future years. So a, a really good, you know, piece with that was the Sobeys gift cards. We knew from our past, um, our past reporting that participants loved when Sobeys surprised and delighted them on site at the event with gift cards just for being there. They would give them out to their staff and they would surprise and delight people along the route. It was, it was, you know, brilliant, and that's what people remembered. And so we took that insight and said, okay, how do we translate that to the event, that surprise and delight piece? Um, and with the gift cards in particular, it's also a win-win for us because we were using it to um, incent uh, fundraising. So it's also driving the participant behavior that we really want on the event when also, and also giving Sobeys um, this like great um, halo effect of, you know, providing participants with something that they really, really want. So yeah, for us, partnering with IMI, we know that it's an incredibly competitive marketplace. We know that, you know, the dollars aren't just earmarked for sick kids because we're sick kids and that we have to actually show, you know, where we're moving the needle and how we're delivering on the sponsorship benefits that, that we're promising. Um, but really, you know, above all of that, it, it also really drives home for us um, the value of partnering on properties for multiple years, being able to, you know, show a brand like Sobeys who, um, you know, has been on Get Loud since it started and was on the previous iteration of the event, the Great Camp Adventure Walk, and being able to look at the data year over year and say, you know, you're growing in favorability and consideration and aided and unaided recall and you know, this is why. Um, it, it also helps us when we're going out to talk to other partners about um, what they should be doing on the event and why maybe they're not seeing as strong of results as, as other other partners. So it's-, yeah, it's you, Well, you nailed it. It, it's, it leads me to that thought, uh, now that we need to go down that rabbit hole, but sometimes the research is not gonna show you the most favorable 
right. uh, information and findings, but, um, but that's an opportunity, right, to grow mm -hmm. and be transparent, I imagine. So I'm sure you've yes. had, for it sounds like maybe not with Sobeys, which is good, but had some of those tough conversations uh, based on the data that you find. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think with the IMI results this year, um, they really pinpointed some gaps in the virtual event that we can zero in on next year. Um, like, for example, aided and unaided recall was down for Sobeys compared to last year. It was still above industry standard, but less than what we've seen in the past. And so we know that there's something that we have to tweak on the virtual event just to get that That's as great. strong as it was previously. It's not a red flag. It's still, you yeah. know, above the best in class, but it's like, okay, what, what can we deliver on better? And, and that's what is going to make a partnership really strong is that we're always trying to grow and innovate. Love I it. think too, I think too, um, you know, there might be some people listening thinking, well, we're not, you know, we're not the size of SickKids. Like, you know, to get IMI research or to have that, it, you know, yeah. can, you can get insights regardless of the size of your organization. So if you're a, a smaller nonprofit, um, you can get that through simple survey uh, results. There's, you know, uh, all sorts of ways to be able to get data when you're asking the right questions in that yeah. survey. That's the, that's the important piece. Um, but that information is really important because in the field of our work, whether you're on the community investment side or you're in the Sick Kids Foundation, heart and emotion and passion is so prevalent. So you have to be able to make sure that 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 passion is still there but be able to have um thoughtful conversations uh around you know what's right and next steps if it and sometimes to your point gavin that is not necessarily in line with the emotion of that person at the table and what they really really believe in so to have that data to be able to bring it forward is is crucial great 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 point you're, you're right like uh not every brand is as big as Sobeys, not every property is as big as Sick Kids, and certainly in the cause sector. And I've had the pleasure of training sponsorship sellers of many uh, uh, kind of traditional sponsorship properties, but also cause. So I'm aware that there's a lot mm -hmm. of smaller ones, but to your point, surveys are fairly easy to, to create. There's so many digital tools to create online surveys and put it out there without hiring, you know, sorry, Don, uh, the team at IMI for, uh, um, <laughs> uh, to, to run it for you. Yeah. Um, so, and, and a comment both of you kind of touched on is, is one of my last points uh, before we wrap is, is, so what do you, how do you plan for 21 as we sit here in December of early December of 2020? You know, we, we, we're hearing positive news about vaccines, but there's still so much uncertainty, especially how it's going to play out in Canada. Have you guys had these conversations yet? Uh, do you think it's going to be virtual again? Maybe it's virtual, maybe it's hybrid, if allowed, you know? Well, I, I'd say the jury is probably out for Get Loud. <laughs> I'm sure the Sick Kids team is, has contingency plans. Um, I, I'd, I'd say for our partnership, um, which we haven't really touched on, but um, is in also in August, um, with all 13 children's hospital foundations, uh, including Sick Kids Foundation, um, together with the Sobe Foundation, we launched um, an initiative called the Family Support, which is focused on early interventions of child and youth mental health. It's a 
multi-year, multi-million dollar commitment to really take a look at um, uh, addressing uh, the, um, how early intervention is actually not happening uh, with kids and youth, with children and adolescents regarding uh, mental health challenges. Mm. Um, this was work that we were actually uh, already in progress uh, doing um, uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, and uh, we uh, expedited the work uh, quite quickly uh, to be able to announce in August. Uh, so this initiative is, is really taking a look at, you know, the 20% of youth that are affected by mental illness and the only one in five who have access to the services. Yeah. So, so for us, the, you know, how, how we're sort of evolving the partnership is really taking a look at what that social impact is. Um, and, uh, and, and showing, you know, how we're working together in a, in a really focused way. Um, the, I think, you know, the, the stats that actually the SickKids Foundation uh, team had, had helped to pull together was that, you know, um, emergency rooms over the last 10 years have actually seen a 70% increase um, in mental health challenges coming through the doors of those emergency rooms at children's hospitals, which is astounding. Mm -hmm. uh, and on top of that, then we hear uh, all sorts of concerns, like real concerns around um, the mental health of, of children and youth as a result of the pandemic as well. So um, we have a, a more information on a, a site that we've created called thefamilysupport.com that lists all of the 13 programs right across the country. But um, Sick Kids is, is a really good example where um, they're taking a look at um, also research-based um, work uh, through you know, their knowledge center uh, to be able to really take a look at how, how we can address early intervention and, and make it more possible. Well, bravo, number one. I mean, it's uh, uh, one of my daughters uh, has bipolar disorder. So we mm -hmm. know, and we've been on this journey since she was, you know, uh, 12 years old, right? She's right. 20. Uh, so we, it's touched us deeply um, and we know um, kind of how important and we know the stigmas and the, the resource challenges. So it's really cool to hear, you know, another company doing so much great work that not everybody knows about. Certainly Bell gets a lot of attention, which they should for Let's Talk, but I don't think enough uh, uh, people know about programs like that. So I'm glad you mentioned it. It's certainly near and dear to mm. our hearts and, um, you know, the one thing I've said to many people is during the pandemic, two kind of causes to me have kind of really uh, bubbled up, uh, obviously so much. One is around food, waste and yes. hunger, right? Because of the disruption. But the other one is mental health. And we all, it's been talked about so much, but I think it's the spotlight uh, from the pandemic. So very, very good to hear um, the depth of your programs in that regard. So well done. Um, so yeah, why don't we, um, why don't we wrap with professional development advice? Say, you know, it's joking, like, uh, you know, whether it's eat your veggies every day or, you know, <laughs> uh, um, uh, any, you know, maybe I'll, I'll go back to you, Danielle, to, to start. We'll give Renee last word, but, uh, for any of the listeners, what, what makes, you know, what, what do you lean on? What are some of your habits or what have your, your learnings that have helped you have a successful career so far? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for me, 
I've been very diverse in the professional development that I've focused on. I went to school for social work. I ended up in sponsorship. I, you know, took a data analytics course last fall. Um, I, I think just make sure that, you know, you're, you're really trying a bunch of different things that interest you because those will all help you in this role. Everything's connected. So, so really build out what your, what your niche and like special, um, you know, special knowledge lies in because that will, that will only help you, um, help you stand out. Love it. Renee. Oh, so much. Yes. <laughs> but, um, I'd say that there's a two, two pieces, um, that, that I found helpful. One is, um, it's maybe an overused term, unfortunately, but active listening. Yes. That, I don't think it is. I haven't heard yeah. it from one person who's no. Okay. No development advice go yes okay okay so uh, when when you're when you're listening uh, and you're meeting with community partners when you're meeting with stakeholders internally in your business really really listen um, and then out of that listening um, because I think it, at times um, the the community organization might want to try and and maybe position things and what they think you might want to hear but really listen um, to, to what they're saying. Uh, and then out of that, um, look for patterns. And that sounds maybe a bit complicated, but um, it, so much of this work is around connecting the dots. Oh boy, this has turned into a math exercise, Danielle. Yeah, that's yes. right. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> one conversation with one community organization, and then it might spur something with a conversation with another partner that you have as well. Um, and then out of that, through those patterns, really like doing the research, like read, like that's the, probably the one piece that, you know, like feel like dive in, uh, so that you can really understand the, the subject matter, not be the subject matter expert, but, uh, but understand those key partnerships that you have, um, and look to those partners to help you with that work too. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that point. I've say it in the training I do um, is uh, just because so from a sales standpoint, Danielle, you would get, get this and I think you're very much wired this way. I can sense is, yes, you are the kind of the point person for making something happen. But oftentimes, the best approach is to step out of the way and bring in the subject matter experts mm -hmm. and let mm -hmm. them talk to their peers and you're just facilitating. You don't always have to be yeah. the one driving every step and, you know, making every move. And, you know, an analogy, I'm a big sports fan. There's a great Canadian basketball icon, Steve Nash, I often bring him up, you know, good Western Canadian boy, but he was never the guy who scored the most points, but he would bring the ball up. He would call the play. Mm -hmm. He would put it in the hands of those who can make the play and he's in the hall of fame, right? So mm -hmm. I tell sellers, think of yourself uh, in that kind of light. So I love that point that you, uh, you brought up. Listen, uh, awesome, you're right, we could speak forever, but I promised I'd, I'd let you get on with your day. Um, the time and the insights is so much appreciated. It was just a fun conversation. So thank you to both of you for lending your time. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks, it was great. <laughs>